Ken Miller. Trent Condon. This is Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Hour number two, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Alabama Bob will join me in about 25 minutes. We'll continue our look at the Power Five conferences tomorrow. Uh, we've got Notre Dame. We've got, we'll take a look at the group of five, at least some of the uh, uh, stronger teams in the group of five, uh, and the SEC West that we didn't have time for yesterday. That's coming up here tomorrow. Coming up in 25 minutes, Bam and I will take a look inside the Pac 12. And the Big 12 will pick Bama's brain on those two conferences uh, coming up here in about two, 20 minutes or thereabouts. Another keyword before that time as well. Let's get to uh, Nick Olson, uh, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. There was a press opportunity this morning, basketball program practicing as they get set to head on their trip. And Nick joins me to put a bow on that and find out what we missed. Hello, Nick. Ken, how are you? Ken, I'm doing great, my friend. How are you today? I'm doing well. Uh, so b- before we get into uh, what you heard and some of the players that you were given access to, let's just get your take, Nick. Uh, Colorado is joining the conference. Not quite official yet, but um, all signs pointing that way. At this point, it would be an upset if it doesn't happen, right, it's, uh, that they're coming. Um, so your thoughts on Colorado, and do you think that the Pac-12 would be satisfied staying at 13 schools although it seems more likely that somebody is going to join Colorado as the latest member of the uh, of the Big 12 Conference. Yeah, Ken, so, you know, like you mentioned, it would be a major, major upset if this did not go through. And, you know, I remember, I think it was maybe May, but, you know, you, Trent, and I talked about Colorado exactly doing this a while back earlier this summer. So I think it just kind of points to, you know, obviously it's exciting, especially with Deion Sanders and football and, and things of that nature, but I just... I think it builds upon the excitement and the focus and kind of this national brand and attention that Brett Yormark has really helped uh, plug in and push into this conference right now with, Excuse me, with the Big 12. So I think that's a real positive. I personally don't think Colorado is going to end up as the only one making its way. I think there are several schools that were really being floated around last night. As for the Pac-12 side, Ken, I think they're really just trying to do whatever it takes to survive at some point. Mm-hmm. Really, after all of this has gone on, after all of the supposed excitement in 2022, and the fact that there still isn't this new deal for them, I think right. there's legitimate reason to be worried, and I think that the evidence has been mounting toward that kind. Yeah, no doubt about it. So what makes more sense? Do you think that they you know, they take one of those other Pac-12 schools? What do you hear about UConn? Obviously, I mean, they're national champs in men's basketball, so they bring that uh, cachet with them. Football, not so much. Um, do you, does UConn make sense to you, a travel partner for the Eastern Time Zone schools? I get that part of it. It is a football decision mostly that uh, drives at least this existing media deal. Your mark thinks that they've uh, they're leaving money on the table basketball wise. He's clearly uh, got the the most powerful college basketball men's college basketball conference under his watch. What about uh, UConn? Do you buy that at all? I would say I buy some of the sense that it would make, but I don't think that it's necessarily the best option. I think that if they're able to land one of the higher level Pac-12 programs, specifically 
potentially in that Pacific Northwest area. Mm-hmm. I think that that would just hold a little more, I don't know, cachet, brand, certainly money, as you mentioned, football is really the driving force with that. But then again, we've obviously talked consistently about your mark wanting this overall national brand and landscape. Right. And UConn would be kind of a reach out east like the Big Ten has done with you know, Penn State a while back, Rutgers, mm-hmm. Maryland, things like that. So I, quite honestly, Ken, I think that there was a lot of celebration around here. This is something I, I'm obviously a bit uh, newer to, obviously not being from here and really in the job too far when there was kind of this conference battle year and a half, two years ago. But I just think that Yormark, he's done exactly what was yep. needed for this conference, probably and then some at this point, Ken. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's just a phenomenal hire. Just a phenomenal hire. Uh, no no question. Um, the uh, Yormark has said he wants all four time zones. Well, now he has three. He doesn't have that Pacific time zone yet. I just keep, those words keep echoing over and over in my mind, Nick. That maybe that's the clue that maybe we're reading too much into some of these other schools' flirtation. That darn it, he wants the pack. He wants the Pacific time zone, and he's going to grab a school from there. Um, I think if I had to bet, I think that's the direction he's leaning. I would. I would completely agree. I think that's kind of the area that. There's been the most buzz about consistently over the last month or so. And now the fact that Colorado, which has been rumored for a while now, now that that's really officially happened, I think on multiple levels, time zone, uh, efficiency, brand, as well as just kind of a natural type pairing with a school like Colorado from the Pac-12, I'm with you, Ken. I think somewhere out there would make a little more sense brand-wise, as well as financially. All right, we'll catch up on the uh, on uh, the basketball press conference in one minute. There was a recruit within the last uh, 20, oh, about, I don't know, 12, 14 hours, something like that, maybe a little more. Uh, but regardless, there's a new wide receiver from the state of Texas, Eskilson. Is that how you say his name? What can you tell us about the 6'2 wide receiver? Absolutely, Ken. Yeah, I was hoping we'd, we'd get to touch on this because I, it felt like you know, last night was so busy and, and there was just a lot of conference news, so maybe this wasn't hit upon quite as much. I, I will go on record saying this. I tweeted it out. I love this edition, Ken, for Iowa State. So it's Gilton, an, an interesting story. He actually camped here with Iowa State last year. Um, he, so he got offered a couple weeks ago, but he impressed me last year at camp. He grew up a Cyclones fan. He's got family hmm. ties up here. He was a Big Ten Northwestern commit up until kind of the hazing and Fitzgerald stuff recently, reopened his recruitment, came up on a visit this week and decided Iowa State is where I want to be. I've been a fan, and it just worked out so perfectly. Coaches like Noah Pauly, Derek Hooger, Nate Shieldhouse, they did really well with relationships, and they did it so quickly, Ken. I, I told kind of some of our readers, if this kid gets to campus soon, I think there's a great shot. He obviously did. And, and what you want to look for football-wise, Ken, straight speed. He, wow. I don't have the exact time here with me, but that is what kind of stands out within like his hundred. I spoke with him last night. That's what he prides his game on. Still good size, like you mentioned, about six two and a half, one ninety. 190. Mm-hmm. I think that if you can get him around 195, maybe grow to that six two and a half, six three, and keep that type of speed, He'll be a guy whose name you hear in his first two, three seasons at Iowa State. I, I really like this addition, and now this class, 
seemingly just needs to fill about two to four more spots to be wrapped up for good. Ken. Isn't that something? Well, well, we'll, we'll pay attention to you when it comes to that. So, Nick, let's go to the reason you were uh, up in Ames uh, here today. Uh, basketball press conference uh, opportunity as they prepare for their trip. Uh, what did you learn? Who did you speak with? And uh, let's get into it. Definitely, Ken. So, yeah, I was looking forward to this. I will say I think last week was maybe a little more uh, info-filled in terms of what we got from Coach Otzelberger, uh, who we obviously spoke with. But then the players today, I think we learned a lot. It was kind of who I figured, Milan Mumchilovic, who was really, really impressed so far, as well as the transfer guard, Kishan Gilbert, two guys who I can really say pretty confidently, as of right now, you're likely to see a lot of this season if things continue to go this way. So from TJ, I learned basically that Taman Lipsy is taking kind of another level in terms of his hmm. command. A lot of people have kind of latched on to some of these shooting videos that, you yeah. know, we've seen highlights of. Obviously, his passing was so great last year. But I think his command, really, he's taken on kind of this, you know, full type of leadership and control of the offense and the team, along with guys like Robert Jones. So that really stood out to me. And then both, Coach Otzelberger and Gilbert really kind of hit on this special relationship that they have. I think we talked about it kind of back in kind of the transfer portal season, but Coach TJ actually offered Gilbert his first ever offer at UNLV hmm. uh, before he ended up playing there, before TJ came here. Yep. So I thought that was really notable. And then just the confidence around Milan Mumchilovic. Now, now, like Omaha Blue, I was able to see a lot of Milan in high school. I've told people for a long time, it's good to have some healthy offensive expectations for him long-term. But from what we're hearing all over, it seems like Kent, Gilbert even said something like, he's obviously you know saying this with a smile, but something like, if I could pass to Milan every time, I would. <laughs> I mean, that's just how he seems to be doing so far in this summer. He's put on some weight, some really good weight. He'll continue to grow defensively, but that's a player that you know people need to watch, get excited for, and Really enjoy because in my eyes he's a future pro, Ken. Isn't that something? Uh, good stuff. So I want to go back to the leadership aspect of things. Look, there's not a lot of carryover from last year's roster, right? Trey King is there, Ward is there, Holly is there. I guess you, you include him. Obviously, he plays a role in, uh, in the locker room, etc., in a practice with those kids. Uh, but but Robert Jones and Taman Litzy are the two, I guess, ringleaders as far as who the newcomers are looking to, Nick. That's what I would definitely say. I, I had heard some really strong things about Lipsy, quite honestly, on the court going back to, like, April. And, and now from several people and throughout these press conferences, this straight-up verbal and more clear kind of vocal leadership while showing the command on the court. And I go back to Milan because he mentioned guys like Robert Jones, Ward King, they're helping somebody like Milan defensively Obviously, that takes some leadership, some real kind of focus and consideration. So those are two or three of the names I would say you look toward leadership-wise. Obviously, they're also expected to have some nice roles. And Lipsy has kind of become almost the face of the team, even though he's just a second-year player. Obviously, he blew us all away last year. Yeah. And just getting to know him a little bit and hearing these things can put a ton of time into the gym, again, being more vocal. And I'm really intrigued to see what these levels of leadership and focus can kind of open up offensively for this ISU team. When does JT Rock get there? Yeah, so 
you know, we spoke a little bit, uh, Ken, earlier this week. I actually talked to JT over the weekend. Yep. And so he will be making his move to Iowa State. I think it's just about a, a month or so from now. But, okay. yeah, not until after this Bahamas trip. Yep. And then there's a little time, I believe, uh, for the players before kind of officially moving in maybe to new spots and, and things of that nature. So still a little ways out, but it, it's coming quick right before kind of football season gets started there. Uh, who's uh, are they, Will they play anybody in the Bahamas trip, Nick? Is, who are they going to be matched up against? Do you know? All-star yeah, type teams? Actually, so, it's, so it's basically, from my understanding, and I'm looking to pull up the names here, I'm not sure if I will be able to in time, but essentially it's my understanding is like talented club-like teams okay. uh, from specific countries. Argentina is one of them. I I believe they're, you know, how TJ made it sound this morning, it was like competition factor was a really kind of major and important aspect of why they wanted to do this, Ken, why they kind of chose or scheduled these teams. They basically, they didn't want to go to just kind of be able to just crush anybody is kind of how right. I understood it. It's a young team. We know this team has plenty of talent, really across the board, 1 through 12, 1 through 13. And it's just going to be a chance. Obviously, a lot of teams do these trips, but I'm, I just continue to be impressed by how, I'd say, practical and methodical TJ and the staff are and seemingly everything they do. This is going to be such a good opportunity to get some of these young players yep. more oriented to the competition, kind of sticking together with how they can play, how well certain guys look together, and then go from there where, you know, then it's kind of maybe an easier non-conference potentially, but... As you mentioned, this conference is one of the best Ugh. that's out there at all in terms of high-level basketball every game. Where where do they start? Are they going to be at Atlantis? I, be- I believe that's where it is. I mean, we've just kind of been told, like, yeah. uh, you know, the Bahamas and, right. and these focused games. But it'll be intriguing. They'll play three games down there, and, and I'm really interested to see, you know, checking in, and obviously we'll get some recaps uh, from Iowa State, yep. how things really go. But I've got high expectations, and – you know I've felt that way for a while, Ken. You have, Nick, and uh, I think uh, Trent feels the same way. He, but I'm not putting words in your mouth or his. He thinks you guys both think this is a top 25 team. Maybe not preseason, uh, but uh, won't take people long, uh, voters long, to realize that uh, they need to find room for those cyclones. When somebody falls out, they need to be uh, getting a long look. Hey, Nick, thanks for doing this. Uh, CycloneAlert.com. Uh, you got a lot of uh, stuff on the uh, incoming football recruit. Uh, what else you? got cooking obviously you'll recap this today at some point for your subscribers and readers yeah thank you Ken. so yesterday was busy obviously kind of talking more about the commitment i'll have visit recaps from more of the guys that were here this week a really good group uh more basketball coverage and then i'm trying a little something new i'm doing kind of a mailbag for this pre good deal camp timeline until football gets going you can't beat the mailbags, Nick. I'm a big, big fan. Uh, regardless, I'm gonna I'll click on and read them because uh, the fan base wants info, and that's as good a place to for just to jump around to as many questions as you possibly can. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. You're the best, Ken. Thank you so much. Thanks. Talk to you on Monday, Nichols and twenty four seven Sports Cyclone Alert dot com as we check in on Iowa State. And I check in over my shoulder and look at the weather. Is it gonna rain? I left my windows open, thinking that's a good idea. I don't want to get into a hot car when your shift is over. Um, maybe a trip downstairs is in the offering during this break. But we got some work to do. Before we get to that, it's time for another $1,000 home run. 
Head to KXNO.com right now. You can enter this nationwide contest by inserting the keyword bonus in the pop-up box. Bonus at KXNO.com. Bonus at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. College football conversation. When we resume here on Miller & Condon, Bama Bob will join me. It's Pac-12 and Big 12 in the spotlight today. We'll talk about those two conferences, some of the teams we think are going to make major impacts, some of the ones that we don't perhaps think are going to have a very good year. Miller & Condon back with Bama Bob. It's Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. The Gobus Armin. Telling you about them. Let's have some of their celebrity friends do the Back to Boeing Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Window shut, mission accomplished, beat the rain. Anyways, 1225, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. The keyword was bonus, bonus at KXNO.com. Hello, Bama Bob. Time to talk a little Big 12 and Pac-12. There's some synergy in that, uh, putting those schools together. Method to the madness here. Uh, first of all, how are you? I'm good, and you can. I'm good. Thank you for sending me that uh, Sean Payton article today. I've never Boy, did he unload, Bam! I've man. never seen anybody unload on a coach that you took his job at the end of the you know disaster that was the 2022 right. Denver Broncos. But man, oh man, he didn't hold back. He's not a Nathaniel Hackett fan. Not very many people out there are. But uh, boy, oh boy, that's unheard of, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and that's why I sent it to you. I mean, I know you're a Broncos guy, but. Um, usually coaches, there's a little bit of, you know, you can say it without saying it almost, but man, he didn't pull any punches and it's almost, the thing I found interesting was he made it to a USA Today reporter right after kind of a local media scrum where he kind of dodged everything. And I'm just, you know, are we going to get a, Hey, this was off the record or we misquoted we, what are we going to get? But man, I read that and I'm like, he just. I mean, he he threw the entire organization under the bus, including guys that are still there. Yes, right. The PR department for parading him around, and they talked about you know dirty hands and all that. You know, and you know Wilson's you know entourage in the building and the president, and I mean GM George Payton. He did not hold back, and I mean, in in a lot of ways, that's refreshing. That's what you would love coaches to say instead of Bill Belichick. Right. You know, we're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. You know that kind of thing. So, but. Man, I was I was entertaining if nothing else. Been interested to see what comes out of it or if there's a response from Hackett. Yeah, well, we hope it's better than five and eleven or whatever it was last year comes out of it. Yeah, or five. It can't be that they play seventeen games. Anyways, you get my point. Yeah, five and twelve. Absolutely. So, uh, Bama, let's. Um, I guess first of all, before we get into the conferences themselves, just your thoughts. Colorado coming back to the uh, to the Big Twelve. I don't see the Big Twelve staying at thirteen, uh, nope. which would mean there's uh, somebody else to join at least one. Maybe they get to sixteen. Uh, it certainly solidifies them in my mind. I think a lot of people's mind as the third best conference out there, um, you know, ACC or not. Uh, clearly, yeah. there's a big gap between the SEC and the Big Ten, but they don't uh, they don't strive to you know to be at that level. There's a spot for this Big Twelve to survive, and they took another step forward, in my opinion, with the um, with Colorado joining the league. Yeah, I agree. This is just the first domino, Kim, for all the reasons you mentioned. And and listen, we're 
we're approaching a a, a power four. You know, the, yeah. the term power five is about to go away, and it's a shame because it is. I think the Pac-12 is going to be great this last year. I think it's going to be maybe the most entertaining conference in all football and in all college football. And we'll get to that. I know in a minute we'll delve into it, but. You're right. They're not going to stay at 13. I think Utah, you know, might be another team looking to move. And then I think it's just going to be a race. You know, who are the mm-hmm. next two? Because the way these schools are paired in the Pac-12, you get the two Washington schools and the two Oregon schools and the two Bay Area and the two L.A., which are now going to, you know, the Big Ten, and then the two Arizona. And then you kind of had Colorado-Utah as as the, you know, the the next two. And, I, I mean, is Utah going to come back? I, I think there's a good chance they do. Um Listen, it, it's nobody but the Pac, the Pac-12. If, if I hear any, you know, complaining, moaning, griping from anybody in the Pac-12, they've had three years to get this right. Yep, yep. Two commissioners to get, and, and it really all started to me under Larry Scott Ugh. because you know, they're stupid Pac-12 network, and they wouldn't distribute it. Right. And you know, they already complaining about how late their games are and the Pac-12 after dark and all that kind of stuff. Well, put it on, put it where people can watch it. You know, and and. And on direct TV, especially, but mm-hmm. um, they didn't. And, uh, you know, that's just been the downfall. And they still don't have a, a major rights deal, which is why Colorado can leave without having to pay anything. Which is that's wild. Crazy, that yeah. is the crazy part. And they're going to get a full share of, what, $37 million Yep. from the Big 12 next year. So yep. I think it's a great move for them. I think it's, you know, it, it kind of, they're kind of the outlier right now a little bit. I mean, you know, we used to talk about the, I mean, how, how about the, you know, I guess maybe with BYU, it's a little mm-hmm. yeah, maybe a little more regional. But you know, how about the whole uh, Provo to Morgantown trip that we got <laughs> looking at us now? But I mean, it's a good move for Colorado. I wonder how much of this can was kind of in play before Deion Sanders said the outcome. You wonder about you know, it. It's a fair point. You yep. You really do because um, he has said he that, has said publicly, Bama, that he wants yes. it to happen because he wants to be able to get to get in living rooms in the state of Texas. And if there's yeah. Texas schools in the conference they're playing in, see that is Colorado. He thinks that'll help a ton. Absolutely, and I think he's right. Yep. Um, and I, I listen. I think it's. I don't know how much of that was. Maybe they said, you know, Dion, we're going to do everything we can to get there. Obviously, they can't promise anything. There's too much, you know, legalese and, mm-hmm. and red tape and politics and everything else surrounding it. But I think this was probably something that they kind of made him a, a promise they would at least pursue. And man, have they? And I think it's good for the. It, I think it's good for the Big Twelve, and uh, I think it's the end of the Pac twelve. Sadly, I believe you're right. Well, let's get to uh, let's stay in the Pac-12, Bama. We'll save the uh, Big 12 for the final uh, minutes here. Uh, I'll let you know we've got 20 minutes, a hard stop in 20 minutes. So let's yep. get re- let's roll up our sleeves. Let's start in the Pac-12. Obviously, USC uh, before they leave. Uh, they're the girl with the curl, right? They're the, the the team that everybody's eyeing. They've got the Heisman winner. Can he do it again? Lincoln Riley's offense. Couldn't stop anybody last year, Bama, as you well right. know. This was a terrible defense. Transfer portal, they went out and got a whole lot better. We've talked about Bear Alexander since the move was made. Best player, I thought, on the field defensively for Georgia in the natty last year. Uh, he's not the only transfer coming in on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, can Alex Grinch, who was seen as, um, you know, defensive a brilliant defensive mind. Can he figure it out in, uh, to at least give them an opportunity to stop some teams? I think I think he will help. Certainly, um, listen that that's that's a conference that's never really been known for defense. I mean, let's just let's face it. I mean, it's 
it, it is more of a running conference than people want to give them credit to. They don't just air it out 60 times a game, uh, every team anyway. Uh, I think he'll help. I think there's talent. You mentioned uh, the, the kid from Georgia. I think that's, that's a, you know. Alexander, that's a, yep. That's probably as good of a portal get as any as anybody. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, when you really stop to think about it, we talked about the Big Twelve quarter or the uh, the quarterbacks yesterday in the Big Ten West, especially. Uh, but USC knew they had to get better, and they went out and did yep. and did it. You know, and got some experience also. That's, there's one thing to, to you know to get a good recruiting class in. There's another guy, another thing to you know land a guy that's played in a program like that for the last several years. But um, I think they'll be. Better. Listen, Kim, the conference is just loaded, though. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to be great. That's the thing. At least to get, at least to win the conference and get themselves in playoff contention and get it and get one of the four. Now, how, if they were to get into the playoff, it's a whole different story. Are they good enough to win it? I don't know. I, I love Riley and Williams, that combination. I think we saw it last year. Uh, if, if he didn't get hurt in the championship mm-hmm. game against Utah, give all credit to Utah. Um, but I think that might have – would it have been a different outcome? I don't know. It certainly wouldn't have been the ending, the the margin that we saw. But, right. Um, I don't think you got to be great on defense. You know, if you can hold a team in the 20s, you know, 24, 27, I think you've got a chance to win a lot of games in that conference because their offense is going to be prolific. So, um, but, man, there's a lot – there's not a lot of potholes, but – you, know, you look at teams like, you know, the first three are pretty easy. Yeah. You know, San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford – a bye week, and then they got a couple of, you know, Arizona State, Colorado on the road. You know, where, where what's Colorado going to look like by then? Uh, they go to Notre Dame, so that's three out of four on the road. They get home to Utah. Rising's probably back by then. I'm, I would I'm think, yep, yep. I would think so. And, and how about the finish? You know, Washington at Oregon and then UCLA. That's salty. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, that's five out of those last six <laughs> are tough. And I think what I count one, two, three of them on the road, three at home, and then the two to open, you know, after Stanford, they get the bye week. Those that Arizona, Colorado game, that that those two games are going to be tricky. But I think they're the. I don't know if they're the favorite. I like other teams, Oregon, Washington, in particular. But look, all you got to do is finish second. But if you want to to get in the championship game, but if you want to get in the playoffs. I don't know that you can have more than one loss. I just, I don't, because, you know, is the SEC going to get two? Is the Big Ten going to get two? Uh, the Big 12 certainly is going to get somebody, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's this conference, man, I'm telling you, I, it's going to be the last go around for them, but I think it's going to be as good as it's been in a long time. Because of the quarterbacks, Bama, first Absolutely. and foremost. Washington yep. has one clearly in, uh, uh, in Michael Penix. Here's the thing with Washington, Bama. The, the 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 area of need seemingly on this team. We keep talking about the quarterbacks, and they're going to face a bunch of them. That's yeah. a secondary that I'm not sure is up to the task. Right. Is that the is that what keeps the bore up at night, uh, Washington's head coach? I it has to be. I mean, I don't think there's. You've got to find somebody. Let's you know you're not going to find a, <laughs> you know, an Eric Ramsey or a Sauce Gardner out there or anything. But you've got to be able to. You can't just sit back and, you know, let teams just march down the field on you in big chunks. But then again, if you try to go man, there are so many good quarterbacks and receivers in this league that you're going to get burned. So the, the best defense for Washington might be their quarterback, you know, mm-hmm. because he's going to put up so many points. So how many stops are you really going to have to get 
during a game. And that, I think that is that's and that's Washington's not unique this way. It, there's a lot of teams that have weaknesses on defense, and you know that are going to be exposed by the prolific offenses that they face. So how many stops are you going to have to get per game? Are you have to get three or four, um, or and, and by a stop, maybe not even you know a field goal. That's okay. I think in this league, I don't think any coach really, and you know, until it gets down toward the end of the game, nobody's going to pl- complain that their defense gave up three points. Not with those league. quarterbacks. No, I mean, if you can get them off the field or with a turnover or a punt or even a field goal, that's going to be a win. I think. Now we'll see how it all plays out once they you know start teeing it up. But I think that's my initial impression uh, of not just Washington but everybody is how many stops can you get. And, you know, can you not turn the ball over? Your offense can't help the other team. If you turn it over two, three times a game, you're going to lose most of the time. And I don't care who you are in this mm-hmm. league because the other guys are going to take advantage of it more than likely. All right, Bama. We, um, uh, so, boy, I want to talk about Oregon State. I love the running back Martinez. Uh, yeah. By you know, we got to, we don't have time for them. So let's move. Let's do this. Your thoughts? <laughs> Give me a minute on Oregon. Why do you think Oregon can – or do you think Oregon can win the conference? I do. Uh, I think Bo Nix, another year in the system, yeah. less pressure – uh, than he had at Auburn. He's talked about it openly, and I think that's a good thing. It's refreshing. He talked about Peyton. It's good to see Nick say, yeah, man, there was a lot of pressure down there. I felt it. You know, my dad went there. I was yeah. I was always going to go there. I was supposed to be the savior of the program, all those type of things. He, he's given a lot of interviews down here that, that when you look at it, it's like, man, this kid was just, you know, wound tighter than an airport sandwich. I mean, he, it's just one of those things that uh, – I think it's just been a nice, fresh start for him, and now you get the year two out there. And Listen, the schedule is tough. There's no question. They don't have USC. Yeah, they do. They get USC at home, but they got to go to Washington and they got to go to Salt Lake City. Those mm. are tough road games. Um, they get Colorado at home, the non-conferences. they got to go to Lubbock. I mean, I know you kind of like Texas Tech a little bit. I do, yeah. That's just a weird, tough place to play. Mm-hmm. It's going to be September. It's going to be a hundred degrees, depending on when they play that. Um, those that's that's not a layup for them, I don't think. But the rest of the schedule on paper, you look at it. There's two or three tough games there. If they can win in Seattle and in Salt Lake City, um, you know they're going to be, which are big ifs. Um, I, I think they'll have a shot. But I, I like Nick's. I like his athletic ability. I think he, we always, you know, good bow, bad bow. How many times do we hear that? And <laughs> yeah. he's earned that. Yeah. He's earned it, okay? We're not just – that's not a media thing. He's just earned that reputation because you just wait for it, and usually some, in most games it happens, big games. But I like Oregon. I think they have a shot at finishing in the – getting into to the championship game. I don't know if they're a playoff team, so I don't know if they can – you know, go through the season with one loss. I don't know if they're good enough. I don't know if anybody other than USC maybe is good enough to do that. But uh, I like they do have a shot, I think, to win the conference because, you know, you don't have to win the division anymore. All you got to do is finish in the top two when you're in that game. And the Civil War, the last week of the season, Oregon, Oregon State, because I think Oregon State's a real player. I really do. Uh, they yeah. got a quarter. Arizona, hell, they're picked toward the bottom of the league. Uh, and this quarterback, Dolores, is as dynamic as any of them in the yeah. conference. That's what I'm saying. It's, it's going to be unreal. 
it's going to be appointment television. I mean, Trent and I are going to be up late. Yeah. And you're going to be watching a lot of replays on Sunday morning before the NFL. Starts. And reading a lot of text messages from you, too, that yeah. keep to text me into the wee hours of the morning. All right, let's do this, Babel. Exactly. One more in the Pac-12 and then Big 12. Um, what's happened to Stanford? What, what has gone wrong there? Oh, man, I don't know, Ken, but that, they were they were a national program yes. once. Five, six, seven years ago, mm-hmm. David Shaw was yep. you know, one of the hot commodities. Yep. Uh, you know, talked about, you know, as an NFL he seemed on the NFL network with their draft coverage or whichever, you know, it was ESPN or NFL network, but he's always yep. he's on there and he's good. He, he is he knows the game and you know, he knows the league and he knows the personnel and uh and it's just fallen off the off the map. And you know, he took over for Harbaugh and and he he kind of yep. just extended that run a little he bit. Did. They made a Rose Bowl once or twice, and don't remind you know, Hawkeye off, fans of that. Yeah, you know, and knocked off uh, you know USC when they were you know a bunch, and but it's just been it, it's I don't know what to say. I, and the, the short answer is I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if it's talent. I don't know if it's apathy. I don't know what it is. But it has just, when it fell, man, Oof. it fell fast and and hard out there, and it's kind of a shame, but. And again, it's not like there's you know been two or three dominant teams. We talked about this with Florida. You know, there's there's really not a lot of excuses for it, other than you know maybe it's just the recruiting level or or whatever it is. But you know, they built that new on-campus stadium, and it, it's just I mean, it sits half empty for most games unless they got a big opponent, and then it's their fans coming. So uh, let's. It's, um, it's been tough. For them. No, it has. It just it just amazes me that this team is is they reached the highest of highs. Uh, ultimately, this the crash has just been so unexpected and happened so quick. Bama, let's go to the Big Twelve. We've got maybe ten minutes if I can squeeze one more minute. Um, let's start here. Which of the four newbies has your attention? Man, that is a really good question. Plumlee's um, at USC. You know, I've been talking to you and Trent and trying to get you guys on Plumlee bandwagon since he was at Old Miss for crying out loud. Yeah, you UCF, right? Yep. And it's just, yep. yeah. I think that's the team. I do too. Yeah. And maybe it's maybe it's because they're in Florida. Dust miles on. You know, maybe there's a little familiarity there. BYU to me, just you know, that's another team that's been good, not great. Cincinnati's been great. Uh, made the playoff a couple years ago. Um, you know, new coach down there now, obviously, with Fickle leaving. Houston's one of those teams we thought was going to be really good. You know, Tom Herman had him at a high level, and then he left for Texas. You know, congratulations, Longhorns. And uh, it, it's just, I just think it's UCF. And it's, it's because of the Mal's, it's because of Malzahn, it's because of the quarterback. It's because of way, where they are. Kim, that is a, you know, a fertile recruiting base. There's enough talent to go around between Florida, Florida State, UCF, and Miami. That And that's a huge school, Ken. They are 60,000 students Jesus. at that school. Um, I mean, it, it, it is a monster school. And if, he can, if Gus can get some excitement and you get some Big 12 team, now you're going to lose Oklahoma and Texas. So that's kind of a shame, you know, uh, once they move next year. So you're going to lose those. Um, but, you know, you got Oklahoma coming there this year, and if you can get some excitement around there and get some good non-conference teams to come play in Orlando occasionally, I think I think they can be really good. I'm intrigued by them, and I'm intrigued in a couple ways. I want to see how good they can be, and I want to see if Malzahn just continues what he did at Auburn. When he's supposed to be good, he's not, and when he's not, he is. So it's just it's you know asking the Auburn fan about that. But I think that's the one for me. Houston, big market, uh, big city school. Um, 
you know, fun to watch, but just, you know, I like BYU's environment. I like the mm-hmm. environment up in, in Provo. I think that's one. Cincinnati's another kind of metro school. Um, they're fun to watch occasionally, but I think it's UCF for me. I just think that's going to be an interesting watch because it could go really good or it could go really bad. Uh, I don't want to run out of time with uh, getting your thoughts on Iowa State. We'll get to a couple more, but just real quick. Uh, I, your thoughts on Iowa State this year. A lot of close losses last year. Still adds up yeah. to, what, were they 4-8, four, four one, uh, one win in conference play. Uh, the only time they were out of his final game of the year against TCU. Your thoughts on Campbell's clones? Yeah, they need. I mean, they had such good talent for so many years, and I don't know. I don't know if they've replaced that. You know, look at Purdy, what he's doing with the Forty Nine. He he took the. I mean, Mister Irrelevant takes the starting quarterback yeah. of the San Francisco for, away from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, you know, um, the running back. God, what well, I can't remember the, for the Jets. I can't remember his name. Brees Hall. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that was kind of a. And you know, the, they had some generational talent. And I don't yep. know if they've replaced that or not. Yeah. Um, they don't again. They don't. Are they going to be okay with you know seven and five this year? Uh, I think they would was, sign for that right now, Bama. They probably would, and it's it's kind of a shame because you know we were talking about them. I think one of us picked them as a playoff team you know, last year, year before. <laughs> can't remember. Uh, it wasn't me, but it was one of the two of us. I think um, it was Condon. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> but the schedule's tough, Ken. At Oklahoma, at Baylor, right, at me. BYU. Yeah. I mean, you're right. <laughs> Um, it's pretty. That's pretty tough. So, listen. They got Iowa non-conference at home. I, I don't know. It can 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 Campbell rebuild it? I hope so because I really I really like the program. I love the fan base. I, you know, they they support the team generally, good or bad. Yep. When it's good, they were you know, and and which is great. That's what you want in a fan base. Um, Campbell has stayed. I'm sure he had opportunities to go elsewhere, and he stayed. Um, I. Look, I hope they get to a ball game. I think I think six and six, seven and five with that schedule is probably about as good as you're going to get because there's some pretty tough road games. I couldn't agree with you more. And there's still that whole gambling investigation that uh, we still yeah, need clarity on yeah, that. The so whole that lingers. The field is rough. Yep. Yeah, is that going to take anybody out of the mix? Well, you know, players out of the sounds mix. like the starting quarterback uh, potentially, yeah. but we'll see. Bama, let's uh, let's uh, let's move on. K State uh, played in the Big Twelve Championship game last year. A lot of folks think they're going back there. Kleiman's done a phenomenal job. Uh, Will Will Howard is a terrific quarterback. Might be the best in the conference. He's certainly in the discussion. Mm -hmm. Uh, Can K-State repeat what they did last year? I think they can. I think they can get to the championship game. I mean, look, Texas and Oklahoma, you always kind of start with them. Where is Oklahoma after last year? Good question. I mean, it's just, that that was an absolute mess last year. And their schedule was easier. Kansas State schedule's not overly daunting. I mean, they've got a, a non-conference, you know, at Missouri. That's a good game, you know, for them. Uh, they, they get UCF at home. They got to go to Oklahoma State on a Friday. I don't. Where's that team? Yeah, good point. And then Lubbock, you know. Then they get TCU, Houston, Texas, Baylor. They get three out of four. They played four Texas schools in a row. Three of them at home. Hmm. You got. I mean, you got to like that. I mean, I I think they're a. Are they a nine-win team? I think that's maybe reasonable. Can they get to 10? I don't know. I don't think they'll be in the playoff conversation. But, again, you just got to finish second because everybody's in a blender. And mm-hmm. I think they can. I like the continuity. I like the quarterback. I like the coach. He's a great fit. He's leaned into yep. it. He's embraced being there. Doesn't want to go anywhere else, he says. Um, we'll see how long that holds. But um, I think I think they can get back to the championship game. I don't think they're a playoff 
No, nor do I. Will, you know, I think with Will Howard, I think they can get back there. And listen, they were a you know a sniff away from from knocking off TCU yeah, last year. They sure were. Uh, and what was a great game of yeah. Doug? I mean, Doug and put in that great performance. Oh my god! Um, I mean, one of the best I've ever tough, seen. Tough, tough, tough. Tough, tough, tough. I mean, uh, but yeah, I just I think. I think they can get to the championship game. I don't know if they can, you know, and then, you know, it's a crapshoot after that. But I think they can get to a New Year's Six day. I do. I think they're they're good enough to win the Big 12, I think. Uh, and I think it all depends on Texas. Yeah, well, let's go, to, let's, go to, let's go to Texas. Are they back? Is this their year? I mean, you saw the Alabama game. Man. Yours doesn't get hurt. Maybe Alabama gets picked off in that football Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Sarkeesian's yeah. always got talent, Bama, yet they always seemingly underachieve. Do they yep. leave the Big 12 as a Big 12 champion? I think they're the – Ken, they've got to be the favorites. You've got to just look at talent. They've got the second – you know, week two, they go. They come to Tuscaloosa. Next year, that's a conference game if they were to <laughs> play right, it, yeah. um, which is crazy. But, look. That's a good barometer, Bama. How did they – yeah, that's a good a, barometer. It's a good barometer for both teams. Yeah, so true. What is Alabama without Bryce Young right yeah, now? And, yeah. you know, Will Anderson and all the talent they lost. Yeah. Texas has got talent. You mentioned Ewers, and there's Arch Manning just kind of sitting there going, all right, you know, hey, you get hurt this year, you mm-hmm. know, uh, here I am. So I think they've got to be the favorite. Are they back nationally? I just got to see it. I mean – Look, we've been talking about them, it seems like, for years with Tom Herman, yep. and that never happened. And then Sarkeesian his first couple of years, and, you know, we got all excited about, you know, oh, look, they almost beat Alabama, and then, you know, they you know, they just didn't finish it out. The season was, you know, Kansas game and all that kind of stuff. But, um, look, the Baylor game, I think they got a couple of tricky ones, at Alabama, at Baylor, um, at TCU. So it's manageable, TCU without Duggan. Uh, they get Kansas State at home. I think that's another contender. Uh, the Red River game, you know, in Oklahoma, you got to favor them there. I think if they can get that Alabama game, and I think it's a big if. But even if they don't, again, I think I think they want to see competitive. They were competitive last year. I think the fans want to see them win this year, even though it's on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to win. They're going to have to win ten, eleven games. I don't know if they're that good in terms of. You know, being a playoff team again. I think you said the prudence uh, thing, but you got They got to prove it, right? You, you, you got to prove it because year after I mean, year they're back, they're back, they're back, and now they don't end up being back. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Yes. You know, it's like they get all the press, they get all the pub, they mm-hmm. get all the recruits, and then they can't finish it. They make, you know, they they got to at least make the championship game this year. I think, or Sarkeesian's in trouble. That that Alabama game though, last year with Bryce Young, you had him at home. And you almost knocked them off. This almost. year, you should be better. And is Alabama better? The game's in Tuscaloosa. Okay, Heat's not a problem. You play in Austin. Um, I think that's a big barometer for them. I think Texas fans are going to maybe expect to go in and win that game. And if they do, I think it really sets them off. Yep. If they don't, um, you know, not the end of the world. But at that point, your margin for error, uh, you can drop another conference game, but you're probably out of the playoff picture. But I think they they have to at least make the championship game this year or fans are really going to get restless out there. Bama out of time, brother. Tomorrow, Notre Dame, group of five, SEC West. We'll put a bow on uh, on our three-day college football look at, uh, uh, at the conferences. Thanks for doing this, brother. Appreciate it. Love it, Ken. Take care, buddy. Yep, so do I. Good to talk to you. Bama Bob, be back tomorrow, I think early in the show. To, uh, probably be 11.30 tomorrow uh, for those others. Chris Williams is going to be early tomorrow. Tom Kaker is going to be a part of it, and so is Mike Palm. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. iHeartRadio app now.
Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Final minute here on a uh, Thursday before we turn things over to Murph and Andy. They take you till 3 o'clock. Uh, I'm in with Heather this afternoon from 3 until 6. We're going to be up in Ames in advance of uh, George Niang's golf tournament tomorrow. So, uh, didn't, uh, you're not done with me yet, I guess is what I'm saying here today. Uh, big spot tonight, obviously St. Louis, a lot of eyes on the Cubs cards, rivalry cards, nothing to play for other than to, you know, perhaps uh, end their rivals' hopes of getting uh, keeping things going on the run that they're on. And um, we'll see. Uh, pitching matchup, can't beat it. Michaelis versus Steele. That is appointment television tonight. First pitch, 645 uh, from St. Louis. That's going to do it. Appreciate you being with me. Appreciate all our guests tomorrow. Chris Williams, Tom Kakert, Mike Palm, and Bam and I will finish our look around college football. Miller and Condon weekdays from 11 to 1 on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KX.